Did you know that the state of Colorado is home to many different kinds of animals, including Rocky Mountain Bighorn Sheep, which is the Colorado state mammal, and the Lark Bunting, which is the state bird? You can also find animals such as mountain goats, black bears, mountain lions, beavers, golden eagles, prairie dogs, bison, great horned owls, and rattlesnakes. But if you see the state dinosaur, the Stegosaurus, be sure to stay far away. I'm Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newcomer. And we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we share accessible adventures to help you explore like a local. Instead of recording today's episode with my co-host Ryan, we have a special interview episode with Esther Davey of coloradowithkids.co. And we're talking about fun things to do in Colorado with kids and how to enjoy it most. Esker Davey is mom of two preschool daughters and founder of coloradowithkids.co. She moved to Colorado six years ago with her husband after his time in the Army. And their website has a big mission to make it easy to enjoy Colorado with kids. And as a family, they love exploring Colorado, doing hiking, camping, skiing, and rock climbing together. So let's dive in. Thank you so much for joining me today, Esther. I'm really excited to talk to you about enjoying Colorado with kids. Thanks for having me, Carrie. I'm really excited to talk to you too. So let's dive in with just the first question, which is something that I feel personally is important when you move to Colorado is having an adventure mindset. Do you agree with that? And if so, why? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of our audience and your audience as well has either moved here or grew up here. And the reason people love Colorado is because there's so much to do here and really, really just enjoying everything that Colorado has to offer, whether it's the mountains and being outdoors or whether it's the city life here as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's so important to, you know, be open to the different opportunities that are here and just taking in everything, you know, there is to do here and, and saying yes to a lot of different stuff. Um, what is, mm-hmm. What's one thing that you try to do to keep that adm- adventure mindset going for you and your family? Honestly, I think it kind of comes back to why we started our website in the first place, which is when we, when we moved here, we didn't have kids. We um, loved skiing, hiking, doing all those things, fishing, um, tubing, rock climbing, camping, mm-hmm. um, most of the things that people like to do. Uh, and then when we had our kids, we we're like, oh my God, we've ruined our lives. We're never going to be able to do fun <laughs> things again. <laughs> and I, I think that's a normal transition for parents. Um, yeah. And then we realized that if we, if we, if we didn't have a positive attitude and, and really put in um, the work to try and do the things that we loved, we'd end up sitting at home all day long and not enjoying our great state. Um, so I, I really think it comes down to deciding that you want to do fun things. And if you're looking for excuses not to get out and do things, you'll probably find excuses. But if you're looking to find adventures, you'll probably find those too. And, and I feel like that's a great example to set for your kids too, right? To, to always be open to those opportunities and have an adventure mindset to get outside and be active. Because I'm sure with your kids, like they see that with you guys and that's how you're building your family. And they'll probably transfer that to like their kids and their families in the future. Well, I think it teaches a lot of values that we have as a family and even that we share as a state, which is, you know, health and wellness, Obviously, the more things you do outside and the more active you are generally is associated with health. Um, And then things like being responsible with our environment, 
um, if you spend time and enjoy it, you're more likely to act responsibly and, and for the good of, you know, our natural environment as well. Mm-hmm. You grew up with an appreciation of it for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's dive into some of the really sort of exciting things to talk about. I want to know what are the best places to go exploring with kids? Absolutely. Um, we are on the west side of the Denver metro area. So there's a lot of things to do in this area. I mean, there's 3 million people that live here. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of some of the bigger ones that people would know, obviously the Denver zoo is at the top of my list. It just has like really awesome animals. And if you're down South, the Cheyenne mountain zoo is, um, I've heard one of the best in the regions. Oh yeah. And yeah, I haven't been down there, but it, it sounds really cool. Yeah, you should definitely take your kids here anytime that you can. So the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo is in Colorado Springs, obviously the Denver Zoo is in Denver. We've been to both and we really enjoy them. But I feel like if I was a kid or he had kids, it'd be a totally different and cool experience. Yeah, there's a lot of hiking down there that we do. So we should we should double up on that one day. And then another one that we really recommend is the Denver Children's Museum. It just has so many cool hands-on experiences for kids of all ages for them to like explore science and nature in a way that is applicable to them. And even as a parent, I don't necessarily know how to teach my kids those things. So it's Mm -hmm. cool to go someplace that's focused on them. Um, One pro tip on the Children's Museum, it is a little on the pricey side, but they have a free day on the first Tuesday of every month from 4 to 8 p.m. Oh, that's fun. Okay. That's a really good tip. Yeah, kids can be expensive, so it's good to (laughs) find (laughs) cost savings whenever you can. There's one more um, activity that I would recommend in the Denver metro area, maybe for older kids or even smaller kids would like this. And it's a little lesser known. Um, In the Commons Park, which is in downtown Denver, there's a freaking awesome skate park. And it's really activated when there's warm weather. There's no like concessions or rentals or anything, but you can go and bring a picnic and your kids can like either skate themselves, rollerblade, or watch like all the teenagers skating. And it is very, very cool. Oh, that sounds great for even adults too. Like man, when yeah. was the last time I went like, you know, skating and stuff? That's cool. Um, I, I know that one thing that I've heard from other people who have moved to Colorado, um, and this is just sort of like an, an ad hoc idea that I have, is uh, there's like a really big homeschool scene and a really great library structure that, that Colorado has for different libraries and stuff. Have you seen that as well? Oh, absolutely. I I mean, even just with preschool kids, a lot of the, well, in general, I think libraries are transforming from a place where you can rent out books to a place where communities can really gather. And they've focused a lot on that in the school age um, and community format. But yeah, a lot of what I recommend for people to do that's free is hosted at local libraries. And and Denver um, library system is really great. Lakewood's great. Um, we live in Golden. The Golden Jefferson County library system is mm-hmm. is awesome too. And they have they have all kinds of stuff from like dance parties to crafts to movie nights, all for free. One of the things I was wondering is like, is there a lot, I, I feel like there probably would be a lot of resources that the library can offer to help plan different trips and exploration around the state. Oh, definitely. I mean, there, Colorado tourism is obviously a really big thing here. So there's so much to do and so many different books and guides that you can check out there. Um, and obviously, I think one of the best things about our library system when it comes to parents, honestly, is its ability to connect you with 
other parents in your immediately local community? Because most people go to libraries that are, you know, a mile or two from their house. Mm-hmm. There are so many things outside of the metro area to do with kids in Colorado, too. Like some of our favorites are to get outside and take a hike. Honestly, there's so many hikes in Colorado that are actually family friendly. One of the questions we keep getting on our site is, where do I take my toddler hiking? Like she can only last half a mile or what's mm-hmm. a family friendly hike? Because it is it is a totally different experience when you have a child that's walking on their own versus like adults hiking together. Yeah. Um, and so we started reviewing hikes for their family friendliness, which is like, does it have a bathroom? What's the sun exposure? Are kids going to get sunburned or what's the difficulty? Like how many dogs are there? Um, but there's a lot of really awesome places. And then if you have kids that are a little bit older that might like this, you can get like a nature book either by the library or there's one on Amazon called the nature of Colorado. And you can use that to make like a little scavenger hunt for your kids. Like, Hey, here's a picture of a common wildflower. Like, can we find that on our hike? Just -hmm. keeps them like engaged. So they're not just like complaining about walking. Oh, that's really smart. I, I'm glad you have those resources on your website because I feel like people would be looking for that. And that's definitely something we need. Um, sometimes I feel like maybe I'm a kid too because I need to know if there's a bathroom or if the hike is too difficult <laughs> or something. So that's really helpful for everyone. Yeah. Of course. And I mean, you can always look things up on Hiking Project, but it doesn't necessarily focus on things that parents would find necessary. Right. Yeah. You get more of a, a local and perspective and somebody who's actually done it and if it works or not. I think that's the thing is like a lot of people recommend different hikes and there's apps for that too, but it's hard to tell like for your specific situation or, you know, like I didn't grow up here, so I still have a little bit of problems with altitude from now and, and then, um, you know, so especially if you have kids who are visiting from out of state or something, that might be something to consider as well. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Another thing we really like to do that I recommend people try with their families is to go tubing or or paddle boarding in the summer because there's so many. You can go tubing in Clear Creek Canyon and Golden or even in the South Platte um, in downtown. You can usually rent tubes for like five to ten bucks. And our kids really love that. We've done it with other families, too. And it's it's, you know, pretty cheap. The kids love getting out in the sun in the summer. And then paddleboarding, um, obviously, is something you can do in tandem. Your kid can ride on your board with you at any of the reservoirs in town. I'll, you got to remember your life jacket, though, and pick one that's approved for infants Yes, if you have an infant. Yeah, we've done that before, too, with uh, friends, you know, who have kids and stuff. And it's really fun to see Colorado in a different light, right? Because a lot of people think Colorado is just winter and skiing. But there's lots of summer things to do, too. (laughs) Oh, they say you move here for the skiing and you stay here for the summer. Absolutely, yeah. Also in the summer, um, for other free things that you can do, we love splash parks. And I think that that's applicable to all age range of kids. Maybe not teenagers, I guess. But (laughs) Denver has some of the best splash parks that I've ever been to. Um, And a lot of them are free, like the Central Park one in Stapleton or the splash park right in front of Union Station which is obviously a cool place because you have ice cream and coffee and everything there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then there's other like city run ones. Golden has one. Lakewood has one. Um, I, I think Arvada has one that's like a small fee. But it's so nice for parents to take their kids somewhere that's like relatively affordable. And the kids can like burn off some energy in a safe environment. What about any activities or anything for exploring in more in the mountains or like any mountain towns or anything like that? 
One of the top favorites is that there's a, well, it used to be secret. I guess it's not so secret anymore. Hike in Breckenridge to a giant wooden troll. Oh, yeah. And that is, yeah, that's a real hit with kids. Really? I would expect it to be a little bit overwhelming or like scary looking, but I guess not, huh? I mean, I guess it depends on on the age of your your kids uh, and what their that's true their adventure mindset is, I guess. But it's a it's it's funny because everything is new to children, and I think that's one of the coolest things about becoming a parent is you get to see the world fresh again through their eyes. And so even something as simple as a giant wooden troll to them could be the coolest thing in the world. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's true. I guess I never thought about it like that. Um, Anything else to add to um, other tips for exploring with kids around Colorado? Some of your best places? I guess there's a few restaurants that I would recommend as being family friendly. That's another thing that we focus on on the website is trying to um, give recommendations to places that because everybody says they're family friendly, but if there's no place for a high chair or they don't have changing tables in the bathrooms, it's not as good of experience for, for parents, but mm-hmm. like there's so many great ones. So the kitchen next door is a really fun family friendly restaurant that's in um, downtown Denver and then also in Boulder. And I definitely recommend the Denver Biscuit Company because their food is amazing, but they're also oh, yeah. really family friendly. <laughs> yeah. And then I have to throw in a local favorite that we go to on many weeknights, and that's uh, El Amigo Mexican Restaurant. It's out here in Golden. Oh, okay, cool. We'll have to check that out. Um, Moving on to the next question here. Uh, What would you say are the top essentials for exploring Colorado if you have like a smaller child, like a baby or a toddler? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, Most of my recommendations would be gear that helps you stay on the move. So... Obviously, if you're having a baby or having to carry them, there are so many great front carriers. And I would highly recommend any new parents invest in a high quality front carrier that can be adjusted easily between the mom and the dad, because usually there's a size difference. Mm -hmm. Um, But some of the ones that we've had that we've liked, like a soft front carrier for a kid that's from newborn up to, I mean, even past a year, my 15 month old, I, I put her in it still in the and I wear it on the back. But some some brands that I'd recommend would be like a Lily Baby or an Ergo Baby for a front carrier. And having that that kid close to you, one, it helps you move around with your hands free. So if you're going on a hike or if you're even just going to, you know, like an art museum, it's nice to have that child on you and still have your hands available. For babies, having that front carrier really is so important to you because with small kids, they nap all the time, all the time. Like, mm-hmm. Carrie, I don't know if you know this, but babies nap every two hours, which means you can't do anything if you can't <laughs> leave the house while your baby's napping. But if you kind of train your kid from a young age to sleep in a front carrier or in a stroller, it really helps you transition to parenthood without having to stay home all the time. So the baby front carriers, I feel like my kids have always napped really well in those because they hear your heartbeat, they feel your warmth, and that enables you to stay out longer and and do things that take more than, you know, a one hour excursion. 
Yeah, it's so interesting that you share that tip because I have a friend who uh, had a baby last year and they've been training her to fall asleep in their arms or like in one of those carriers because she's only been able to fall asleep like in a bed or like, you know, have a rocking chair thing. And it's because they moved from a house to an RV. So they're much more on the go. They don't have, you know, a, a lot of space like they had at their house. And so they've been teaching their baby how to do that and I think that's so smart um, and I have another friend who goes on hikes with me basically uh, once you know a month or we do like every other Sunday and she takes her baby who's not such a baby anymore she's like one and a half <laughs> and puts her in a carrier um, which I'm just so in awe of like that takes a lot of physical strength too to go hiking with a baby <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah but it's really smart to to take them with you and then they learn to be active from a young age and then also learn to fall asleep anywhere really. Yeah, there's a lot of different parental views on on sleep and sleep training, so I'm not going to share my, you know, one individual's advice too much. Sure. But I think that you have to if if you want to continue to adventure as a family, you have to find ways that you can do it all together that work for everybody, including the parents, including the kids. So having like your your friend who hikes with you, mm-hmm. having the kid comfortable so that they can sleep on the hike is a great example of that. And it's not disruptive or anything to have, in my opinion, as somebody, you know, who maybe doesn't have children with hiking with somebody who does, um, it's not disruptive at all. Like you said, she sleeps most of the time and it, she doesn't bother us at all. And it's nice to kind of have her with us sometimes because she interacts with nature, right? Or we see something cool and she sees it too. And it is a really fun way to interact. Um, so I'm just saying for other people who have kids, don't feel bad about bringing your kids on hikes because most of the time we like it too, even if you're with somebody who doesn't have children. And I think that's one of the great things about a front carrier is it really enables all that kind of activity. Um, it also really helps. So currently in Colorado, there's a big trend towards more breastfeeding parents and the front carriers, a lot of them are designed so that you can do that while you're on the move because feeding your kid takes forever. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to be able to do that and do something else at the same time. Yeah, I've noticed that trend as well with some of my friends. And I think that that's really awesome to have and unique because it. I, I have seen, I, I'm one of five siblings, so I have seen how long it can take to take care of kids or feed them and stuff. So yeah, so the other piece of gear that I would highly recommend people getting in Colorado, and you really need to think it through, is an off-road stroller. So especially when kids get bigger or even just around town, a lot of the strollers that are promoted like on Pinterest or Amazon have these tiny little hard plastic wheels that once you get in any amount of snow, ice, any gravel off-road, they just get stuck. So having a off-road stroller that has like a bigger tire, it's, it's like a car right? You want higher Mm -hmm. clearance. You want like a bigger tire that's got a little bit more squish to it. And especially one that folds up nicely and fits in your car. Cause I don't think people really consider like, if you don't want to fold your stroller and put it in your car, you're probably not going to go places as much as you would if it was easy. And and that's so funny that you totally read my mind. Cause that was going to be my question is like, do you have any suggestions you know, for really good strollers, because I see a lot of people when we go out and explore, they will have the wrong type, or if they go to an event or something, and they don't even let those strollers in. Totally, totally. Um, So we actually have a hand-me-down stroller that I bought seven years old used from my neighbor. 
And it's now 10 years old and still works great. So I obviously recommend that one. It's the Bob mm -hmm. Revolution. But Thule and Chico um, also make great off-road strollers too. Um, and I think most parents find that like they need more than one stroller for different activities. So you described going to an event um, with, you know, where it's like crowded. If you go to the Denver Zoo or if you go to Children's Museum on a free day, it's going to be crowded and you're going to want like a smaller stroller. So a lot of parents get like a cheap umbrella stroller that's really narrow and light for those types of like city activities. Um, anything else to add for other top essentials that would be great for active parents? I mean, I think those are the two biggest things. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is one thing uh, our listeners can do today to add more adventure to their lives and their families? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that because I'm going to share like the biggest secret tip that changed our lives when it comes to adventuring with our kids. Yes. So yeah, <laughs> you guys may have heard of like a bug out bag that survivalists were talking about like five years ago. No, I haven't heard of this. No. So the brief overview of a bug out bag is like having a bag of essentials that you can grab at any moment if you need to like bug out, go somewhere, mm. do something. Um, so this is basically the parenting equivalent of that. It's, and it's really driven from the concept of like this desire to want to say yes to either spontaneous things or like a last minute request from my three-year-old saying they want to go someplace because one of the biggest barriers to adventure is all of the prep work and the energy it takes to get out of the house. That's, and it's, it's easy to be like, Oh, I'm tired. I've had a long day at work. Like I really don't want to go to the ice cream shop or I really don't want to go you know, on a play date right now. So if you can spend one hour preparing a box or a bag that lives in your car or however you get around that contains all the essentials that your, your child or your children need on an excursion, you can say yes so much more. Wow. I love that. That is a really great tip. That kind of helps you jump on those last minute opportunities a lot better. Last minute and even not like, um, I don't know how many times we've been invited over to a friend's house for dinner. And if you think about what a toddler or a baby needs for dinner, it's a lot of things. It's like a high chair and a bib and a baby spoon and a sippy cup and a mm -hmm. bottle and a plastic plate. And like, it's a lot. Um, and if, and if your friends have kids, then, you know, all of that stuff is there, but if not, um, you can feel like you're bringing the whole house with you. I'd love to hear, you know, what you keep in your, your sort of go box and what you think are essentials for that. Yeah, I think it really depends on your kid's age, obviously. We have a baby and a toddler. So for a baby, you'd obviously want things that you keep in your diaper bag. But as every parent knows, the diaper bag gets used and then doesn't get refilled because people are busy. So having diapers, wipes, you know, burp cloth, you always want an extra outfit and an extra pair of pajamas um, because you never know if you're going to want to stay over somewhere. And then, you know, a feeding bottle. Um shelf stable baby food. You know, if your kid uses baby spoons that, mm -hmm. um, and even some, some friends might want to keep like a small portable crib in their, in their car. So I actually have friends that have a really small apartment, so they keep their pack and play in the trunk of their car anyway. But we like the Kidco pea pod. It, it packs up to a circle that's only like a 20 inch radius and it's only four inches thick. So it's super easy to travel with. Wow. And that way, if you end up staying at a friend's house late or your kid needs a nap, you have somewhere safe for them to sleep. 
And then for older kids, um, obviously you still want like an extra outfit because kids get messy, a uh, pair of pajamas, socks, shoes, underwear, that kind of stuff. And then my toddler still uses a bib and sippy cups. So having that kind of stuff is good in that box as well. Really, you just have to think about like, what does my kid use most days that we might need if we show up someplace and all I've done is put them in the car with their shoes and jacket on? Yeah, I feel like there's a good list of stuff there, but also you probably don't need to bring as much as you might think. Yeah, I mean, the idea with the the box is that you prepare it once and it maybe takes you an hour and then you can have so many adventures based on it because you have the confidence that you know you're going to have what you need in the car if you need something. Um, And I'm not suggesting that you go out and buy duplicates of everything that your child needs, all of your favorite items, because that would get really expensive. But honestly, like you can take a trip to the dollar store and get cheap bibs and wipes and, and baby spoons and spend, you know, less than 20 bucks to get duplicates of everything you need and then drop by Goodwill on your way back and pick out a couple outfits or, or baby blankets that you might want. Do you find that, you know, since you have implemented this into your life that you do take more adventures and you do go on more trips? I definitely think so. Um, And I think my friends who have done it too, because I've had some people implement it, do too. Because the biggest challenge, like we talked about at the beginning of this episode, is the mindset. And if if you know that you're prepared, then it's easier to say yes when spontaneous opportunities come at you right? Like if you're at the park and you, you meet up with another family and the kids are getting along great. And maybe the other parent says, Hey, you guys want to go get some lunch. If I didn't have these things in my car, it would be difficult because I wouldn't have bibs and spoons and sippy cups. But Mm -hmm. in this way, it's easy to, to take advantage of all of those little opportunities that you see every day. I love it. Um, Any other tip that you have for what people should include in their box? If there's something your kid can't live without and they're going to have a meltdown, buy a duplicate and put it in the box. Yes. (laughs) Good thinking. (laughs) All right. Well, um, usually at the end of every episode, we like to share a tip for finding free or affordable activities. So I would love to hear your feedback on what is your number one frugal tip for enjoying Colorado with kids. Get outside. Yes. I I would just say that, you know, there's so many adventures you can have that are completely free by enjoying our state parks and our national parks here in Colorado. That's true. And that's something that I have said before is, is like when people move to Colorado, they don't realize how many awesome free things there are. It's hard to just pick one specific theme because there's so much you can do that's super budget friendly. You don't Mm -hmm. always have to pay for that entertainment. Oh, absolutely. And there's, there's great sites on that. Um, you can Google that, but you can also search for free days in Denver. Um, there's a lot of parents that write about what days are free at all the different, like main kids attractions, like the zoo and the children's museum and the aquarium. A lot of them offer free days. They will be crowded on those days, but If it's something that doesn't typically fit in your budget, it's worth going. Um, Anything else before we wrap up? I would just encourage parents not to let fear keep them at home. You know, go try things. It's not going to be perfect. Nothing ever is. But while you're out, at least you're building memories with your family and encouraging kids to be resilient and 
have that adventure mindset. It's so important, especially in this day and age with all the digital, you know, devices and content and TV and everything, building an adventure mindset into your children at the beginning of their life is going to establish really great habits later on. Totally agree. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. I know that everybody can learn more about you by heading over to your website, coloradowithkids.co. Is there anywhere else that they can connect with you? Yeah, we're on Instagram at CO with kids. Awesome. Well, that's great. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. To learn more about this episode and the resources that we shared with Esther, visit our website, hashtag coloradolife.com. That's the word hashtag spelled out. And if you have any other tips to add for things to do in Colorado with kids, we'd love to hear your suggestions over on Instagram at hashtag coloradolife. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, get out there and explore our beautiful state with your kids.